0: Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 20 of Soul Lead Saturday. The guest we have today, Barbara S. Pound. Along her career journey, she handled multiple roles and responsibilities and today she is a founder and CEO of Baldess Group Limited. Currently, she is working with Works and helping them to become a Gartner Cool vendor. So let's hear her career journey. How did she find her passion and manage to be one of the leaders in the area she is passionate about. So welcome Barbara and I am very very glad to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for your time, really appreciate it. So to begin with, when I saw your profile actually, your career journey is quite interesting. You handle multiple roles and responsibilities. So what do you enjoy the most and why?
1: First of all, Leisha, I just want to say how honored I am that you asked me to be a guest on your podcast, and I just think it's great of what you're trying to do with it. And I really hope that uh, so many more people join as we speak about uh, different things today that you 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 want me to talk about. And I just really, really praise you for all the extra effort that you put into it to spread the word about data and data analytics and data science. So uh, I think it's wonderful and uh, keep up the good work. Um, in answer to a question, uh, I'd like to say that although I had different parts of my jobs that I really liked, I really truly enjoy being the CEO of Artists Up. You know, most of all, I must say, uh, I really love the job being the fact that I never get bored. Every day goes so fast. It, it, it's a split second and it's very exciting. Different challenges come up. I never know what uh, the next day brings because, you know, other people will come to me with decisions or new opportunities. And I really embrace that. So uh, sometimes it's not easy, but it really is rewarding. Um, one of the main dis Uh, main sources of my discontent in some of the other jobs was that once I got into a position and I really excelled at it, whether it was immediate or was in a couple of years, uh, they decided uh, to keep me in that position or keep doing some of the same type of projects and same type of work. So after about three or four years, uh, when the job did not allow me to grow or change, I became bored. And I started seeking something else. And that's when I would change jobs. So because I'm always interested in learning and uh, the challenge of doing new things and uh, solving problems. Looking back, I did not realize that this was part of the process of taking me along my journey to go to different projects of different positions. So that eventually I took all those experiences to become the leader that I am and the CEO that I am of Bardis i have like having the ability to work collaboratively with different partners and enable positive disruption and enabling digital transformation in many different areas of society. As CEO, I enjoy tackling the new challenges, solving problems, enabling growth to make a difference, to pursue not only my dreams, but also to enable the dreams of those who work for the company and also uh, for the other people that work in our customers by working in close collaboration with them. When faced with a problem, really enjoy looking at the big picture, solving the problem as if I'm putting together pieces of a puzzle to arrive at a solution of visionary ideas that many people are not able to see. And then I get my team to make it happen. I have a great team. They keep me abreast of the latest and greatest tools. Technology advise me on the way we can develop different and better innovative solutions for our customers as well as ourselves as new tools and technologies come into the marketplace. When I work with my employees, I enjoy seeing them develop and grow over time. And also they take on different challenges as new opportunities present themselves, which as you know, in the digital tech world, it's always changing. So there's no lack for different opportunities and different challenges uh, to to seek after. Uh, I love delegating. And once everyone is proven that they are responsible, I can trust them and I'm giving them more responsibility as they go forward. I'm also looking at whether the right people are in the right place within my company, and also externally by identifying customers who can most benefit from our solutions and digital transformation. I enjoy working with the leadership teams of all of our partners. We have quite a few partners, and it really brings to the party many different views on the industry, and we try to work together to see how we both can succeed together. As CEO, it gives me a great reward seeing our united effort resulting in Bartis' growth in size and number, and that what I originally founded on ambition, perseverance, experience, expertise, and compassion are still there in my company culture today. Last, but certainly not least, it gives me great pleasure to offer, and if possible, free services as part of our corporate responsibility initiatives. Because of my position and authority, I have the ability and flexibility to lead these efforts, which are near and dear to my heart. I'm pleased to say that Bardis has engaged in several responsibility projects to help in education, the UN, the nations, the environment and also right now currently in light of this severe coronavirus pandemic and our being in our area being the epicenter in New York New Jersey Bardis is offering hospitals and healthcare organizations free access to machine learning forecasts generating software from tangent works and free associated data science services to get the life-saving equipment and supplies to the right location, to the right people at the right time, who are in dire need during this coronavirus uh, pandemic, and especially in these hard hit areas.
0: So talking more about the Bardis Group Limited, what clients, skillsets, values it stands for?
1: Thank you for asking about Bardis. I would love to tell you about Bardes. My company has been a data consulting company for 23 years you know our vision is to be recognized as the best in class consultancy trusted advisor to our customers offering the most advanced data solutions that provide rapid business time to value and roi and empowering customers to seize new business opportunities our mission is to deliver innovative data driven solutions to our customers through a powerful combination of thought leadership solution-based thinking, deep and varied skill sets, high-touch customer service, and a team approach with customer collaboration. Bardis enables digital transformation, changing how people work, think, and use their data. We're currently recognized as a leader in data analytics work, and we have achieved elite status, receiving many awards and honors, and one of which is for being very innovative. We're very proud of that. At BARDIS, we have created new subsidiaries to expand our technical and geographic reach. BARDIS Canada was formed a couple of years ago to address the need for our services in Canada and to be on the ground where they are. This year, we formed a new subsidiary, Tangentworks US, where BARDIS is now the North American master reseller, introducing TIM, a machine learning time series forecasting tool with anomaly detection that is faster and more accurate than the others on the market. In fact, we are now doing a, a series of webinars showing Tangentworks is faster and more accurate than Facebook's profit. This allows us to broaden our impact in the data science field. I'm currently working to get Tangentworks to become a cool uh, vendor for Gartner. At Bartis, we deliver full stack data anal- analytics solutions to our customers. For instance, we introduced our first full-stack solution a couple years ago called Zero to Hero, spanning from big data all the way up to predictive analytics. Our projects fall under several categories. Data engineering projects, where we do requirements discovery, strategy and planning, solution design. Data analytics projects, where we do visualization, data discovery and DevOps. Data science projects where we put pieces in place to enable digital transformation through predictive analytics with AI machine learning and other data science tools. All of these projects are wrapped up in a consulting framework where we do data requirements and discovery and assist our clients in solution design, strategy and planning. Vardis' customers are well-known fortune 10 to 500 companies as well as innovative mid sized businesses. Our clients work in technology and communications, manufacturing, financial services, life sciences and pharmaceuticals, media publishing, and retailers. Our consultants consistently develop develop innovative ways to meet customer needs. And based on expert consultative skill sets, they know how to ask the right questions to obtain needed information and to successfully solve customer problems. We have talent and various skill sets such as data science, data architecture, and data engineering. In addition, we have senior people who manage and lead these projects who are not only able to deliver work, but through our LEAP methodology and our champion model, we expect them to be able to handle some of the more complex aspects of project delivery, providing better value to our customers. Speaking of value, BARDIS lives by certain core values which we use to determine our priorities. A couple of key ones are trustworthiness. We're honest and reliable people. We understand how important the word trust is. We live it every day as our word is our bond and we're hardworking. We're committed and strive to exceed customer expectations each time and every time. By employing these values, Bartis is able to help clients create the most value from data in the shortest amount of time possible, generating swift action and insights for them and gaining truth and right decision-making. As a result, we have a very high customer retention rate, which speaks to us delivering value in a trusted advisory role, providing strong collaboration, and as a unified team between Bartis and our clients.
0: So the way you are talking, it truly shows your passion towards entrepreneurship. So when did you realize that passion and what steps did you take to pursue that passion?
1: Risha, I have two passions, owning a business and inspiring others to achieve their goals, getting them to a better place. Since I started my own lemonade stand at age eight, I've always wanted to have my own business where other friends of mine were dreaming about other things, talking about silly things, I kept saying, I can't wait to own my own business. I had always been a very independent and determined child and always thought I had good ideas. Throughout my professional career, I realized that so many businesses made their decisions based on office politics and self-serving motivations and not on facts and truth. These companies cared more about politics and self-promoting. I didn't care about that. I was never driven by politics. I didn't care much about titles. I just wanted to get the job done right. I truly cared about the end results because I really cared about what was best for the project and the company. I always believed in hard work, rewarding hard work, and caring for others. Prior for me, you know, to me founding the Bardis Group, I always made a note to myself to have a company whereby there was a minimum of office politics and I wanted to do the right things at the right time for the right reason with high integrity. So when I started BARDIS, I knew I would build it on trust, humility, integrity, and reliability. Forming a data analytics firm was my desire, to bring values of integrity and reliability of the customer's data to enlighten others to make the right decisions. From a data perspective, my passion is in using the power of data analytics, AI, and machine learning to enable companies to make better decisions to digitally transform the world for the better. Therefore, Vardis's vision, mission, strategy, goals are based on all these passions. The steps that I took to pursue these passions may take a little while to describe since I have been working for quite a number of years. So I realized over time that I had been led to where I am today, not only from my own desires, but from the, from the help of others that really supported me and guided me along the way. There are many steps which led me to where I am today. So I'm going to tell you a story of my working career because I know life stories can inspire and enlighten others. It can help reveal insights into their own lives and journey in their career life and in pursuit of their goals and dreams. So I will take you back to my life in high school. I developed a passion for physics and math Then when it was time to attend college and pick a major, I enrolled in Penn State and I became a physics and math double major, getting a 4.0. I loved it. I loved solving problems. I was very competitive, doing better than the rest of the class, which by the way, they were all guys. There were only 17 of us in this special program in Penn State. However, at the end of my sophomore year, my favorite math professor, who was also my advisor, told me that he saw more in me than math and physics. I said, what do you mean? He said, I see you as having a creative personality and business entrepreneurship in you. And I don't think, he said, I'd be happy. Barbara, you would not be happy working in a nuclear physics lab for more than two or three years. You would be bored out of your mind. So he convinced me to take the Myers-Briggs test to determine my interests, match my innate skills and personality and career options. The results came out, sure enough, he was right. Sales, marketing, creative, intuitive, Uh, being an entrepreneur, business owner, but also I scored very high in analytical skills, which was a bit of an anomaly in that situation in in terms of that test. So I took these results to heart, reluctantly and sadly changing my major and graduating with a degree in marketing and, uh, and a minor in math. When entering the workforce after graduation, I decided to work at Exxon. Against the advice of my family and friends, due to the fact that I would be one of two women in the entire eastern half of the United States and because I was going to be put in charge of 20 gas stations and franchises in the heart of the South. But I decided to take the job anyhow because I knew in the end it was going to train me and teach me how to run my own small business as I trained others in how to do that with the great help of all the training materials and mentorship that Exxon provided me. And uh, it really worked out very well. and. Uh, Unfortunately, I had developed bad headaches after a while, after about a year working there uh, due to the gas smell, so I had to leave Exxon. I I decided to move to Washington, D.C., taking a job selling computers for boroughs, where I developed my own market, selling to all different embassies. It had always been one of my life's desires to travel the world and enjoy different foods and cultures. But unfortunately, since my family and I didn't have much money, I knew I could not afford to do that in reality. So I opened up my own doors and own opportunity to sell to embassies in D.C. As a result, I formed my own little business within Burroughs where I became the first salesperson to choose an outside software engineer to go with me to sell customized software when all the others in the business were selling canned software programs, resulting in great sales for me. In fact, I won clients about 90% of the time and beat out my main competitor, IBM because I was creative and implemented this novel strategy, going against the grain of what all the others were doing, and basically not following the herd. I learned a lot and realized great success by bravely bravely stepping out of the box, out of the norm, by solving a problem in a new and untried way. I also had to sell and gain approval of my bosses, which was not easy, which led me to great success. And I gained a lot of confidence in my ability to be a great uh, creative problem solver and being a forerunner of my time. I also got to enjoy traveling the world by attending many different embassy parties and events, and I ate all different types of food. I met so many different ambassadors. I drank many different coffees from all over the world, which some days I had five or six cups of coffees from all different countries, and boy, was I buzzed after that, but um, I did gain a great appreciation for so many different cultures and peoples and different languages and uh, just just everything about it. It was so exciting, and I just can't ever thank uh, Burroughs for giving me that opportunity to do that. Sometimes I never slept because I worked in so many different time zones, like when I sold to Korea, then the Middle East, and then Europe, and sometimes these situations came up in the same day, so I was up for 24 hours. It was a lot of work, but I made... Uh, So many friends, and it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, change of boroughs at some point caused me to have to uh, leave, and then I decided to work for Unisys. Here, I worked on a large federal project and was placed in charge of managing Computer Sciences Corporation in a bid for a software conversion project for a U.S. Air Force uh, project. I oversaw CSC efforts with my team of several male ex-military personnel under me, which was a great challenge to gain their Uh, respect and their cooperation, because initially they saw me just as their daughter. It took a lot of work to gain their respect, and this experience really did give me a new appreciation and respect for those who serve our country in the armed services. What I learned from them, I never would have known if I had not had that opportunity to work with them as a team and, and, and mentor them. Their training, their sacrifice, their code of honor and valor, I can't thank them enough, and I hope you do too. I really enjoyed this job and my boss was great there. I I was given a lot of independence. Unfortunately, my department was later to be relocated to Alabama. And since I was born and bred in the Northeast, I didn't want to move. So I decided to stay in DC and take a job at Deloitte Touche. There, I used my consultative problem-solving nature and analytical abilities to develop the first relational database for roadway systems for the state of Pennsylvania with with a small team. Due to its success, Deloitte put me on several other state roadway projects. As a result, I was traveling all over the country, living out of suitcases, having several different apartments at the same time, and I didn't even know where I had put my hairdryer. I enjoyed being, you know, uh, being completely on expense account. That was a big plus and being able to save my own money and experiencing, you know, living in different parts of the country, which I would not have had the money to do, however, when you think back to the 80s there were no cell phones so there was really no way i could really keep in touch with my friends in dc and uh i wound up losing actually all of them at the time and i was very very upset um it you know i really had to rethink uh where my values were and where my heart was and really what was important to me so what happened is you know after realizing how isolated i was and what i what i was giving up And I was getting bored at the same time being put on the same projects. I decided to uh, do something different. So in talking with one of my friends who is a senior sales manager for a large pharmaceutical company here in New Jersey, uh, he suggested I had a great ability to be a brand manager because I had the marketing and creative skills and the business skills. So he thought I should try for it. Since I had been thinking about going back to New York City anyhow, to be closer to my elderly parents to help take care of them, I thought that the career move would give me an opportunity to learn to run a multi-million dollar business by being a brand manager. Since, as you know, I really wanted to run my own business, so I thought it would give me great experience, so I tried for it. I was given an opportunity to have my skills tested with my friend. Once again, a very similar test to the Myers-Briggs test to see if I had the natural ability. And sure enough, I did. So it came back positive. So I decided to go ahead and apply for a brand management job at Lever Brothers at my friend's prodding. Since it was well known that the only people getting these jobs had MBAs coming at of the top 10 marketing MBA schools, and I had received my MBA in finance and management information systems while employed at Unisys, I was not too sure it would be enough to get me to land an interview. To my surprise, it did. The interview went perfectly, and they offered me a great job right away. I was so thrilled. I couldn't believe it. I moved quickly and easily into an entirely new career path than I had been on. I enjoyed it, working there for several years and made long-term friends. But because so many people liked working at Lever Brothers, there was very little room for promotion after a while. So when I was approached to work for Hebrew National to take a brand management job in the salami business, I decided to take it. Within two weeks, the owner of the company came to me and told me he didn't think I was right for the job. I panicked because I had just left a good job and I had taken this job at great risk and I didn't want to lose a job and go on unemployment. But lo and behold, he told me he wanted to give me a personality, careers, and skills test. So once again, I took those tests because he wanted to see where my strengths were and what I would be best in. Even though he had an idea of where he thought that where he thought I was, he wanted to get confirmation that the job he wanted me, to move me into was the right one fitting my skill sets. Sure enough, the results came back. Entrepreneur, new products, intuition, creative, marketing and analytical skills and sales ability. So they promoted me to director of new products, which I really enjoyed It was so much fun creating new food products for them, and I'll bet many of you listening uh, to me today enjoy eating those foods today that I developed for them. A couple of years later, a new door of opportunity opened up for me, uh, for me to take a great job as director of new products at American Home Foods back in New York City, where I worked very independently and reported to the president on some special projects. The hours were long, but I really enjoyed the job and I was there for several years. After being blessed to meet my husband, Joe, I got married and I was forced to make a life decision then to either continue working long 14-15 hours a day or to choose to work remotely out of my house in a less stressful job out of the career path of marketing so I could get pregnant and start a family based on my doctor's recommendation. At the time, remote work was rare, and I was fortunate enough to be quickly recruited to take a job that gave me the position to work at home, uh, and I was very fortunate to do that. The decision was very difficult, though, and I even got tremendous pressure from the president not to leave American Home Foods. In the end, I chose family over being next in line for a VP position at American Home Products because having a family was also one of my main life goals. So these are still important decisions women of today face. In many cases, they have a huge impact on your career. You know, working remotely today is a lot more common and easier on women than when I did that, but there's still a lot of sacrifice. And it turned out to be a great decision for me since a few months later, I became pregnant. Even with working remotely, I had to go on bed rest after a while and I was forced to leave the job for the sake of the health of my child. It was definitely worth the sacrifice though. After settling into being a mom, I started getting restless. So when my son was 15 months old, I was given an opportunity to start my own business, consulting with Lucent Technologies, working on asset management projects two to three days a week. That's when Bardis Group was conceived. So when I looked back and said, oh, it's too bad that I had to leave that marketing path, it turned out that that was the best best opportunity for me because I was able to you know, give birth to a, to a son and then also start realizing my end dream of owning a business. So it turned out it was all perfect timing anyhow. Even maybe at the time when the decision had to be made, it was very difficult and I thought I might be losing something. It turned out that I gained so much more. Anyhow, I was originally going to be only working part-time, which was perfect with a toddler at home. However, within a couple of weeks, I found I was working full-time, in fact, seven days a week. Then I started to travel, and my son at that time, of course, decided he didn't need any naps at all. So I had to quickly run around to find babysitters and mother's helpers. I fortunately uh, got two women to help work for me. I had met them uh, through my son, and they were very intelligent career women, very capable, and they were willing to work in different hours. So we were able to work our schedules around because, of course, they're... Their kids did take did take naps, uh, but we were all juggling so many different things. But it was it was a great way to get started. And I can't thank them enough for doing that. You know, my husband was an integral part of helping and working with me for Bardis, And we saw rapid growth in a short time, having about 50 employees within a year. And he, too, I cannot ever thank enough for doing that. Since then, Vardis has grown into a multimillion-dollar, multinational data consulting company that it is today. 23 years later, I'm pleased to say. It was so great that I was blessed, but growth and success quickly changed how I ran my household. I caution all of those listening to be prepared for what you desire, because life has a tendency to surprise you when you least, ex- when you least expect it. You will find success in step t- steps towards your destiny, but there will always be a price to pay and a choice to pay you know but when it is truly your heart's desire that you can work all things out for good and the sacrifice you make today it is for sure worth it in the end i can assure you
0: so when i was learning more about you through your unique things the one thing that grabbed my attention was seven mountains of influence which you feel that you know influence people society and in in, in turn helps or towards
1: the betterment of the world. So would you like to give more insights on that? Thanks for asking, Leesha. That is a very interesting question, and it's a very complicated answer. So I'm going to just pick a short answer because uh, it's going to really involve a lot more time to get into all the details. But as I said pre- previously, Bard's current solutions is to constantly keep up and abreast with cutting-edge technologies to create different solutions in order to help other managers and leaders make the right decisions that better themselves, their organizations, and then hopefully and eventually the, their community, the world, uh, individuals um, by doing this in the different spheres of influence as opportunity allows. My hope is that Bartis can bring integrity and reliability to the data and the data sources that will create that information going to those different spheres. Truth and data can only come from good data. It can bring change towards gaining a better quality of life for people, better information and integration amongst the seven mountains of culture, and to work as a better united team for the good of all. You know, with Bardis working with many of these different industries and spheres of cultural influence, I hope we can bring the integrity, accuracy, and truth to the data to help improve outcomes to the communities, businesses, families, and groups of those involved. Boris has done this by providing better data analytics, speed efficiencies, greater time to value, and truthful insights to help these areas wade through all the zettabytes of data, making the best decisions, which result results in increased response, better response, and better management of the information this leads to create uh, to getting better information to people by helping them to improve their well-being provision environment safety and more you know for instance it might relate to covid-19 where governments must remain strong and make the right decisions for everyone for the safety protection and the welfare of their citizens. And they can only do that when they have access and ability to analyze and predict data using many different vetted sources and make sure that their their data is good. This relates to our goals as a company to deliver the most advanced data solutions to our customers with their best interest involved and everything else that they affect. Because we are just not one part of the wheel. We are part of a whole and we are no no better off than the weakest link in the fence or the worst cog in the wheel. And we can all join together to work for the good of our country and the world and all, all the betterment of people to improve their health, their prosperity, their education, um, just, just everything in general. And to also you know, streamline how we handle our environment and everything else that affects us in our day-to-day life and in our future and for the future generations to come.
0: Why do you think unique skills are important and what value it can add to anybody's profile?
1: Well, having unique skills helps to identify what sets us apart from other professionals and recognizes the valuable assets we have to be able to help one another. It also helps others understand what we value about ourselves and identifies our strengths. It's important to have different unique skill sets to keep us relevant and in front of the competition and to offer customers the latest and greatest ideas utilizing new and good tools on the market. It also shows versatility. For instance, at Bartis, we try to match the unique skill sets to our customers' requirements so it allows people to become more valuable to us and for us to become more valuable to the customer and provide them better service and delivery. It can also help you to deliver, excuse me, you can also help to identify where to build upon your talents to progress you on your career journey. According to LinkedIn, the greater the unique skills, the more views and higher ranking in the search results you get. For instance, you know, when we are looking for people to fill different jobs, we may find that person more easily, or my recruiter does, I should say, because we can find them better and through these different skill sets. Because more profile views you're getting, regardless of your position or industry, the more opportunities you'll see and the more connections you make, thereby increasing the possibility of open doors. The value of putting these unique skills into your profile will get you more views And also show possible employers or whoever you're seeking to uh, reach out to, they may find different ways to utilize you, you in a job that they may not have normally thought of if you didn't put it out there yourself. So it's always very good to do that and keep abreast with new things.
0: So in uh, your career journey, actually, you worked for sales and you worked in a male-dominated work culture. So how was your experience and uh, how did you manage to prove yourself in that work environment?
1: Well, that is a loaded question. It's a very good question. Um, And I will try to answer it as as best I can. Uh, Working in a male-dominated culture was very difficult. Uh, I found that I wound up being in most industries where all or the majority of the managers and people I work with and for were were male, and I do find though that we've made great progress in um, having women achieve uh, better roles, uh, promotions. Uh, the way it has been paved. I believe women are still receiving uh, greater recognition and being. Uh, participative in a lot of different groups and meetings, much more so than when I was working in my younger years. So I really feel that there's been a a progress made and great strides. And I think as we keep working together as women and joining together and supporting each other and not fighting each other, that we can achieve our goal of getting that equality in the workforce. You know, I'm not only female, but I'm very tiny and petite, only five feet tall. So when I'm I'm basically physically well below men where they are here, their minds, their, their faces are here, they're speaking here, and I am down here. So, so to speak, I had to overcome this issue along with several others. When I was younger, I was able to wear high heels when, when the uh, situation allowed, but most times I was not going to be wearing high heels, so I was well below them by 6, 12 inches, So it was very difficult to be recognized in the conversation and to be heard. Men found it very easy to overlook and pass over me. I had to learn to be much more forceful in the way I spoke and in my handshake. I had to be more assertive. I had to conduct extra research and I had to gain much more knowledge than my male peers to show my knowledge and to put myself out there to be recognized. I took a Dale Carnegie course, which was excellent on how to be much more assertive and it was very worth my while. I had to persevere each time. I was with a group of men or even in a meeting with with men, and each time I had to start all over again, and I learned not to take it personally that this was just how, how the world worked at that time. It was a constant in my life working towards being recognized as an equal and someone who had a lot to contribute and to recognize for her idea, for my ideas, and what I wanted to do with the company or my project. I had to learn different subjects that men like to talk about so that I'd be included in conversations. And especially if I was traveling, when we went out to dinner, I had to have something to say, you know. And um, fortunately, I had been brought up with football by my dad and baseball and all spectator sports. So I found it easy to launch into a conversation with regard to those sports. And, um, and that really made it much easier for me. Uh, back at the job with Exxon, um you're talking about major rednecks back then and their only sport was nascar so i found a way believe it or not i became miss checkered flag so i wound up meeting all the big race car drivers and i got signed autographs and special memorabilia for each and every one of my gas station owners and it was amazing how quickly uh my whole uh relationship with them changed And they looked up to me and respected me, and it basically put me on that same level. And it was really great. It was very interesting to see. That was my first experience doing that. I had to really come up with different ways to reach out to them, to network with them, for them to see me as a person rather than uh, a persona like either a future girlfriend or a daughter. So it was quite a very interesting learning experience then, and it continued through some of my other jobs. You know, then with Burroughs, I learned and joined the different cultures in the embassies, where some of them, you know, women were not recognized as, uh, as an individual, if you want to say. So I had to learn all about the culture and and present myself in accordance with them so that we could share each other's respect. And we were able to do that. Uh, it was quite interesting. I sold to quite a lot of mid eastern embassies and uh as a woman as a young woman so i feel like i was very very accomplished at my goal and we became very good friends and um it was really wonderful experience and with deloitte it was the same thing dealing with all the uh all the men most of the projects you know on the database roadway systems were men they were engineers uh they were you know construction people that wound up working at the state so You know, because I I, I was there for so many weeks on end, I joined them in -in hole-in-the-wall bars for an after-work drink drink or dinner or something, just hanging out, and, of course, talking sports. So that worked out very well. Um, When I was with as a project manager at Unisys supervising ex-military people, men particularly, I had to become knowledgeable about government, current affairs, politics, And then I learned about what they went through being enlisted servicemen and the sacrifice and the fear and uh, just some of the conditions that they that they sacrificed themselves for for our country. So it really helped me gain a much greater respect for those that serve our country in the armed forces. Um, And uh, so for those of you that are not familiar with what they go through, it really is an experience and a huge sacrifice uh, for the betterment of us in our country. You know, in the end, I learned how to develop personal relationships so I could get past image and perception. Uh, This doesn't happen right away. You have to develop a thick skin. Try not to take it personally and keep looking for ways to relate to them to get on the same playing field as them and become one of them. So now what happens is, what do they call me? They call me tiny but mighty. So it's a lot better than how I started out with is tiny and petite.
0: You mentioned that uh, when you were with the Deloitte, actually you traveled a lot. So how was that experience and any interesting learning that you would like to share?
1: As I mentioned earlier, because I was so good at my job, the partners at Deloitte Touche assigned me to work on the other roadway system database uh, systems all over the country. So, you know, I was traveling a lot. I really had no clue where I left things at different apartments. I was always on an airplane. And um, I really wound up having no friends back, back home in D.C. And I missed out on the whole summer season of going to Rojo Booth Beach, you know, beach, with the beach houses there and everything. And um, I really wound up uh, becoming quite lonely and isolated, even though I had great teams to work with. Uh, you know, there were a few of us. There were about four or five of us on each of the projects. So they actually became a little bit part of my family, which helped but um, it really didn't make up for me not being able to see some of my long-term friends I made in D.C. And um, you know, and you know, even though the money was good because I was able to sa- save my money uh, because I wasn't, I was always on expense account. Uh, I wound up really not really making up for what I was losing. And of course, with no mobile devices, I really had no way of keeping in contact with people. They didn't have my phone numbers. I had a phone number at like a hotel. So that didn't quite work out either. And, um, you know, I, I really wound up having to choose between the partner track with its associated really good money uh, versus, you know, having a more normal life where I was able to enjoy my free time with my friends and, you know, maybe, you know, have a boyfriend and uh, maybe get married. So it was a whole big decision for me. And of course, as the expression goes, money doesn't buy happiness, which I certainly learned. So I had to decide to change what I was doing. And I think I had talked about it before, but it is an important factor. You you really have to decide on uh, life choices. And uh, sometimes you think you're really giving up something that seems so important to you. And later it turns out that it was the best decision you made because there's, there's so many more things involved in your life than just, uh, you know, your, your job title, your money at that moment. Um, things have a way of changing and new doors can open up if you're really seeking uh, to have a true uh, whole life with different aspects of fulfillment, I would say.
0: You were director of new products at Herbu Nationals. Would you like to provide more insights around it?
1: Yes, I would love to tell you more insights about being the director of new products at Hebrew National. Um, you know, first of all, it was a family-owned business, a couple of generations uh, in existence, and uh, they had a lot of relatives working for them in all the high-level positions. They were lovely people. The owner was lovely. Every single person there was really, truly, um, and I want to say this, a mensch, Uh, And they shared their culture when I worked there. Uh, We celebrated a lot of the different holidays when we were there, Um, and uh, I learned a lot about uh, the Jewish culture, just like I had learned a lot about the other cultures uh, selling to embassies. So it was just like an extension of what I had desired by, quote-unquote, traveling the world and learning about all the different, um, you know, countries uh, their culture, their practices, and everything. So it was really a very interesting experience and enlightening. And, yeah, I wound up going uh, to their weddings and the bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. And it was a, really a great time, um, you know, from that aspect. Um, with regard to the uh, the work, uh, there was a stark difference between me working for a big corporate American company like Lever Brothers, which I just left, and then a smaller family-owned business like Hebrew National. because Hebronational National was a very small family-owned business. Uh, you know, they did not really realize how to do marketing from a classical marketing standpoint, the way I was trained at Lever Brothers. And um, as a result, I had to make do with very few reports, uh, very few research organizations to supply me the information on the category, the product segment, anything I needed to know to develop new food products. Uh, very, very little money for focus groups, and other market research projects, and very few systems or mechanisms of reporting and analyzing information, you know, with what we know today as KPIs, which I needed to make decisions on. So I pretty much had to um, uh, rely on my intuition and some other ways of gaining some of that information, which may not have been truly vetted, but I had no other choice. So I I guess I realized that I had taken all that data and research and, you know, valuable ways to evaluate things and forecast uh, for granted back at Lever Brothers. And I really had never realized that they wouldn't have some of those things available to me at Hebrew National. And part of it was they didn't even know that they needed it. They had been very successful. They had a great product, great hot dogs, and they answered to a higher authority. And so, You know, they they didn't realize that, you know, with me being there, you know, we were able to get some of those services on board. But it took a while and it was definitely not at the financial um, level at the, you know, at the level where I really, really needed it because it was very expensive and they didn't have the money to do that. But, you know, with all that being said, I did very well there. And uh, I was successful despite that. And I had a lot of cooperation from the senior managers to help me in the areas where I wanted to. And I really enjoyed um, introducing their new food products to the market. Um, You know, and it really opened my eyes because even though I was at Lever Brothers and I was tired of the heavy corporate America, uh, rigid rules in terms of reporting, management structure, presentations, meetings, tracking, doing forecasting, financials. Focus groups, all the marketing research, had to wait for all the all the reports to come back, uh, the ad agencies. It turned out that Hebrew National didn't have that, but but it was quite interesting. I was still able to get a lot of my decisions moving forward faster. And uh, you know, and I just had to manage with using Excel spreadsheets. But it was quite interesting. I did enjoy the rapid time to value of decision making uh at Hebrew National, and I was able to get approval much faster from the owner of the company, the one that truly had the authority to just say yes or no to, uh, you know, financial expenditures and everything. So, um, you know, it really wound up being um, a mix, a, a mix of good and bad there and a mix of good and bad at Lever Brothers, the big company. Lever Brothers was great, don't get me wrong, but just being at a large, much larger consumer packaged goods company and how they operate. So You know, I decided when I started BARDIS that it was going to be taking both of those experiences to to the company and forming the right reports and uh, documents and um, systems, uh, the KPIs and um, how to structure the organization. So uh, while at the same time, not being bogged down with a lot of organizational meetings and uh, I really enjoyed some more of that rapid time to value to move on to uh, either change a strategy or develop new solutions so um, you know bartis kind of runs on the best of both worlds I must say and we are able to successfully compete you know against some of the bigger bigger firms you know the giants if you will.
0: So when you were growing in your professional career, actually you had your personal growth as well. You got married, you had kids. So how did you manage to have that work-life balance?
1: That's a great question, Leisha. It's very difficult to have a balance between family and work when you run a multimillion dollar multinational company. And I will not lie, it is not easy. It wasn't easy when I started the company but it still remains not easy, even though my children are older. Um, There's always that challenge, uh, the push pull of how do you spend your time? How do you organize your day, your schedule, your week, uh, whether you travel or not? Um, You know, when Bartis grew and got bigger back then, I had to hire help to start doing a lot of the work I had previously done myself and had to deal with scheduling time tighter, delegating other duties that I normally would have done myself. Um, by doing so, um, I was trying to make time for my children when they came home from school and, uh, you know, I was able to help them with their homework, probably, you know, go back to some work and then make dinner and then put them to bed. And then I worked till 11 or 12 o'clock at midnight, sometimes one or two in the morning. So I just tried to shift how I worked and what type of work I got done in accordance to, uh, the kid's schedule. And, um, I was... A lot, lot of hours that I worked, uh, but I was able to spend a lot of the, uh, the valuable, important time with my children because I really wanted them to be brought up with a mother that was around uh, and go to them to some of their important activities and share with them, uh, you know, some of their highs and lows from the day. So it, it just wound up me being, you know, changing my schedule, um, trying to accommodate uh, the meetings and the customers it was a constant juggling act and it was not easy and it's still not easy and uh you know it's just i try to keep uh you know family up here it's very important to me um and uh you know as well as my business of course so you know when you looked at my calendar you would say that my calendar looked worse than the president of the united states so with all the tasks and the different things i had to do so um and even now even now, with my children being older, it still looks as bad as probably the president of the United States. Um, so it's always a challenge to manage the calendar and your priorities. But you know, when you really put your mind to it and you really focus on what you really truly believe in your heart is the most uh, is is the place of the highest priority, uh, you do find a way. You make a way. And there are always different uh, decisions that you make along the way. And, you know, sometimes you may have to sacrifice something you don't want to sacrifice. But I have found always when that happened, I always wound up getting a lot more in return later. And sometimes it wasn't immediate, but it does come. I just want to assure you, it does come. So don't be afraid of making some of those hard decisions if you're struggling with that now. Um, It will work out. You know, you just keep going with where you really feel like you know, you really want to put your emphasis and what's important now doesn't mean that you can't come back and do something different that you might've lost today. Uh, It's always there. It's up to you to make the difference. And for you to decide what it is that's most important to you. And I think women is, is, we're always going to be managing this situation uh, versus men for the most part. Um, And uh, that's just how life is. But we You know that that's that's what's been given to us by being a female but you can do it and I did it and I still do it so that's all I have to say to encourage you guys on that subject
0: you do believe in others well-being and giving back to the community which IELTS stand for so what is the important aspect behind it and what can be achieved through that
1: well, to sum it up, I really have a heart's desire to help others in many different aspects of life, and I'm very grateful to be in a position to be able to have artists engage in corporate responsibility projects, you know, to give back to the community um, in any way, shape, or form, and the community could be a small a small group of people all the way up to our country, up to the world. And, um, you know, right now, with the most current one, helping out with the coronavirus effort you know, these efforts have opened us up to making new relationships as we all join efforts for the same purpose and outcome. Um, It gives me a great personal sense of fulfillment, but also the people who work on the projects with me from the company also receive the same thing. And it really makes me feel good about doing it. And that's really what, what counts, you know, and, you know, to give greater results and, just to help out. You know, it really warms me to see what we've been doing as a country with this coronavirus pandemic, that we have joined together. Companies that, you know, used to make cars are making ventilators, you know, companies that make pillows are making face masks, you know, face masks, you know, to prevent uh, the coronavirus spread for all the medical workers and healthcare workers and first responders and other people, you know, providing food for them to keep their energy going, so it really truly is uh, a great way to give back to the community. And you know, we're always uh, you know um, interested in hearing about some other opportunities where artists can can help out because it really makes makes a difference to so many people and uh, to do good for others
0: you have almost like 23 years of work experience which is like very valid and very countable experience for me so was there any phase in your career where you felt that you are not growing and what steps did you take towards that actually to achieve that growth
1: well looking back i can honestly say that at times i felt i was not growing in my career or moving towards my goal of starting a business and sometimes it appeared that I was really going off track and um, probably got waylaid along the way. Uh, some other situations occurred, which might have brought me off the wrong track or so I thought. But when I realize now, looking back at all those experiences, um, now that I have all of those behind me, um, truly, truly prepared me for what uh, what I have to do today in my job and where I am today and what I try to do for, for Bardis. I didn't realize it at the time, but with all those different jobs and different experiences and learning and different people, different cultures, everything, it just really formed me as an individual and formed me as a career person and, uh, and, and a leader. And I did not realize at the time, I must say. So, Uh, Looking back, I feel like, um, you know, a piece of advice to give to everybody, which I did not know to do back then. I didn't realize this. Uh, But to maybe, you know, keep a career journey journal uh, to see what experiences you're learning. If you think you're off the right off the track or on the right track and you keep that and you keep looking back at that and you keep assigning goals also or where you want to be. And when you look back, you'll see how it comes together as a unit. Um, And, um, you know, it could take a few years, like I said, but, you know, don't get too discouraged if that happens to you. Just keep forging forward. Keep reminding yourself of where you want to end up. So it's almost like steering a car. You don't really ever look at the hood. You always look further into the distance of where you want to go. And your mind brings you to that by doing that. When you have that goal in sight, even if it's very far away, down a very, very uh, straight road, you know, like driving through the middle of the country, uh, through all the plains and fields, and you will direct yourself, whether you are conscious of it or not, to that end goal, as long as you keep looking at that, at that point in the future. So um, I did have that. I knew that was my end goal. Um, I may not have thought I was getting there, but I wound up there and it worked really all for good. So I just want to encourage each and every one of you to do that. and if you want to take my advice, that's great. you know um, it's just a suggestion to help to help you out.
0: So the way you are talking or the way you are into the entrepreneurship it truly shows you are you are a leader and truly leading your passion. So what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you follow?
1: Well, for any of those who know me who are is watching this podcast, um, depending on how they work with me, they may think that I'm very salesy, very pleasant, uh, you know, very like, you know, oh, this is great. Um, other people know that I am a driver personality who is very results oriented. I work hard at adapting to other Others uh, with different styles. So I consider myself to be an agile leader, one who can adapt to an ever-changing and uncertain environment and um, situation. Uh, but I, I definitely am a driver, driver, and I will get that job done, and I will get those results I'm looking for, whether it's one way or another. And um, you know, I always uh, seek advice of my exec team. And we join together, we work together as a collaborative group, um, and uh, I'm always open to their suggestions and we toss things around a lot. But um, but in the end, you know, we really try to achieve that that goal, that that answer that we're we're searching for uh, to address either a need or changing environments, changing the technology tools that are out there. you know, I I am a continuous learner and have a growth mindset. You know, I'm always looking for ways to improve our services and myself as a leader. Uh, you know, so um, I might always think of myself as a fearless leader, uh, not intimidated, and uh, to go after what I believe is right. Uh, that's part of the driver personality. Also, um, I'm not fearful of change. Uh, so if for the right reasons at the right time, you know, over the years I've adjusted. You know our strategy at BART is to keep us where the industry and data is going. We've been very successful at that, and um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of great people doing that. Um, you know, uh, you know, my husband is side by side with me. You know, Joe, uh, working with me together on that, and our senior leadership team. Uh, I've been very blessed to have that. Um, you know, so that really works. Uh, I'd also like to say I'm a creator and I can make things happen and assimilate many different aspects of recommendations in front of me. Um, I'm a producer. I know what's needed to do the right thing and make it happen. And I stress the need to be prepared before implementing and launching ideas. You know, I'm persevering and I make sure that we keep working towards our company goals no matter what. And if we have to change the goals because something comes up and we have to adjust, then that, that's what we do. Um, So I'm not so stubborn to say, no, this is what we decided, you know, two years ago or last year. Uh, We always say, okay, is it working? Is it not working? Um, Are the customers getting benefit from this? Are they not? Are our employees benefiting from this or not? Uh, Obviously, is our bottom line benefiting or not? Uh, So we take all those things into account. Um, You know, I like to provide direction and inspiration guidance. Where I've had to exhibit courage and confidence and commitment, and um, you know, I believe these nurture the strengths and talents of my people, build teams committed to achieving Bardis's common goals. Um, over the over the years, I've come up with uh, some traits that I kind of turned the 12 Cs for CEOs. If you want to hear about it, um, let's see. I call them curious, capable, courageous, collaborative, creative, committed. Confident, customer-centric, convicted of my beliefs, consistent, communicative, communicative, and compassionate. So uh, they kind of sum it up there. And uh, so that's kind of a little term I use, my 12 Cs for CEOs. I do follow one particular leader, um, and his name is Jesus. In my mind, he's the greatest, uh, greatest leader and teacher of all. And every day I try to become more like him. I try to live out uh, his values and reinforce them in our company. I treasure these values deep in my heart and I work to instill them more and more into me and within Bardis. And I feel like that leads to great success and prosperity. Um, So some of them are truth, honesty, integrity, trustworthiness, righteousness, humility, humility. Exuding power and strength under self-control with patience and kindness and caring for others like we do ourselves, you know, and I try to bring this to the forefront of everything we do. I know, um, you know, our senior team, uh, you know, is uh, in in agreement with this in terms of going forth with all of those, you know, great values. And we try to make BARDIS a better place to work and better for the customers and better for the um, different uh, seven mountains of culture that we are trying to work in and uh, make a big change uh, for the best for the uh, for the country and the world
0: any online courses books would you like to recommend to the audience
1: yeah great question Alicia um, I do have several books uh, and sources uh, that I can mention um, they're going to be you know, it might be a little lengthy here for the podcast. So um, I'd like to say that if uh, someone is curious and, you know, wants more information, more details or didn't catch this, um, they should go to our website, you know, BARDIS.com slash about us slash careers. And we give we offer some of those tips and some of those resources for those who of uh, those who are watching that are interested in um in those uh sources and resources um i have several leadership books that i i've read and i read uh, for example uh, those by john maxwell and stephen covey uh they're also uh i also mentioned several technical books and online courses uh recommended by my uh great consultants uh that i can share with you some of the john maxwell books i would recommend are developing the leader within you the 21 indispensable qualities of a leader and the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, you know, and of course, Stephen Covey is an oldie, but goodie. And I believe that his books are very much relevant today to today's leadership. And I still refer to one of his most popular books, the seven habits of highly effective people, Uh, the technical books and online courses. um, Let's see. We'll talk about online courses through Coursera, Treehouse, Linda code school, um, some of the best reads are from, K- uh, K- I think it's Kyla Matthews, uh, it's, uh, she has a blog, um, visit technology and big data online publications like the, the week, the data, uh, Center journal, uh, VentureBeat, um, visit UCI machine learning repository and participate in data problems. Um, some of the beginner books, uh, would be Python Basics. Um, Beginner Intermediate Books, Analytics at Work by Tom Davenport, Competing on Analytics by Tom Davenport, um, Algorithms to Live By, The Computer Science of Human Decisions, Machine Learning by Coursera, and um, into the Advanced Section at Swirl, Interactive R Courses, and uh, Data Science for Business, Um, R, I believe it is, by Jared Lander, Uh, Python for Data Analysis and the Advanced Hitchhiker's Guide to Python, which I know all my senior um, technical people and my consultants have read, loved it, and um, we were going to be going to an event. We were going to have some fun with that uh, topic. Um, Unfortunately, it was canceled due to the coronavirus, but that would have been a lot of fun. yeah, more advanced guide to Python, but a really good one is probabilistic programming and Bayesian methods for hackers. So um, those are just a few. You can get uh, go on the website and see uh, different links and everything to uh, to pursue that.
0: And the last question to end up this podcast is any kind of a tips or advice that you have to the aspiring, like, you know, uh, students who are pursuing their passion or pursuing their education, or the professionals who are trying to grow or change their career, uh, do you have any specific tips or advice for them?
1: Yes, I'm glad you asked me that question, Leisha. Um, there are several tips and pieces of advice that we ourselves recommend to our own technical people or consultants to continue to grow and become more skilled and experienced in their field of expertise and in their skill sets to stay on top of their core knowledge and skill base you know the goal is for them to dedicate time developing knowledge and skills there's several different ways of doing this Um, and i'm not saying one way is better than another but just these are just some of the thoughts we have and some of the things that we try to um, encourage Uh, you know, our consultants to uh, pursue if they so wish, you know, like for instance, take a personal interest, find something that really captures your interest in something you may want to really advocate for and do some data analysis, download some free tools, uh, do predictive analytics on it, you know, uh, find someone who can mentor you with this um, to encourage you or, you know, throw around some different ideas. know work on your own project and take your learning and results and start talking to people and you know prove your value in that area offer something up like that uh show that interest show that self-motivation you know pursue an idea to gain attention from either your boss or your company uh be so so, uh, self-taught as you can attend code camps find a way to get involved in actual projects and real data. 10 educational programs and retreats which have a learning environment set up for you to download free tools and even work with some of your peers side by side take online courses um download a source to get free tools depending on where you are in your schooling try to find uh certain uh special internships um read as much as you can to educate yourself you know reading current events textbooks you know obviously blogs linkedin has you know, a lot of different things offered. Um, there's so many different ways that you can, um, you know, really learn and uh, progress yourself outside the normal work environment. You know, with education materials, con- current industry reports, there's a lot of good information from uh, Gartner that's, uh, that's out there, that's published, that is uh, free access to the public. Um, I would recommend that source. Become involved with data analytics and data science the development communities you know where you share posts and material uh you know go to meetups um you know do all sorts of uh things like that you know just visit technology and big data online publications and uh you know that's just some of the places that you can start i'm sure you'll find some other things uh to really have you grow in your field, or if you're thinking about changing or slightly changing from one area to another. in in data, data analytics, I'm sure you'll found, find a plethora of information out there. You know, this is the day and age of data and digital uh, resources. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, the treasure is yours uh, as you seek to find it. So I um, I welcome you to do that.
0: Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. It was really very wise and real uh, listening to you. So thank you so much uh, for being my guest. Hope audience you will also enjoy. She was truly a leader and uh, truly leading her passion. As well as she has a lot more to share around the passion, the career growth or giving back to the community, having the work-life balance. So please do watch it and until we meet happy leading let's live together